Who are the biggest and best Capitals prospects in the organization? I'll talk about it with Hattie Kalakesh from Locked On NHL Prospects next. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how the younger players on the Capitals roster have performed. As we know, there's been Faravari and Protus. How have those players materialized on the big team? Later in the show, we will talk about ultimately who should the Capitals select at number eight and who should they select overall in the draft? And then who are the top prospects in the Caps organization? And that is where we will start today. In this episode, we are happy and I'm happy to have Haiti Kalakesh on the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I've always kind of kept a close eye on, on some of the Caps prospects because a lot of them I, I was really interested in in their draft year. So I'm excited to let that all out today. So this has got to be an exciting time of year for you. The draft is coming up here. We're talking about prospects, that kind of thing. You uh, also work for uh, Dauber Prospects. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm the director of North American Scouting for Dauber Prospects, a role which I'll officially be starting next year, but it's already set in stone. So yeah, it's in the bio. <laughs> so suffice it to say, you know this topic inside and outside. In this episode, and I know that you've spoke to a lot of Locked On hosts here, but in this episode, we are going to talk about the Capitals. Who for you are the biggest prospects in the Capitals organization? Prospects in the capital system. You have to start with Ivan Maroshenchenko. I've really liked this play in the KHL this year. He's been solid on both ends. Uh, something that really surprised me because... I kind of penned him as kind of a more offensive player in this draft year, but you saw a lot of improvement with his offensive play uh, and his defensive play um, in, in the year with Amigard Omsk. Uh, he's the type of guy who's always been good at scoring, but he's added some playmaking elements. He's adding he's added some stick handling elements as well to his game. He's been less and less fearful to gain the middle, to cut inside, to make chances happen that way. So I've been really impressed with that side of him. Uh, but I got to give a shout to my boy, Hendrik, Hendrik Slepia. He's been a player I've followed for a very, very long time, and I've been a huge fan of his for a while. I also like Connor McMichael, uh, but I've kind of got a soft spot for Hendrik Stepjar, um, and especially his story and everything he had to overcome in order to become a high-end NHL prospect. Uh, it's been really impressive with me, uh, and I believe he played a couple games with the main team uh, last year, which I was really mm -hmm. happy to see, so... Yeah, no, those are the main three guys that kind of mentioned in the top end. You can throw Alex Suzdalev in there, but honestly, I think that a lot of his points have been uh, very much a result of playing with uh, some guy named Connor Bedard. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Suzdalev, but I feel I, he's kind of too peripheral for me. He still has that to work through in order to gain the middle, find soft ice in the middle of, of, of the ice, and just kind of make plays work that way. But the top three for me are very clearly, in any order you want, Mirosh Nchenko, Lapiak, and Connor McMichael. 
and taking a look at Mirishnishenko, it and, and it's one of the fun ones because it's a fun yep. last name to say. It is a it is a long one, but I've had to say it a couple times. I think I'm getting it right here. Yep. Um, but, but the interesting thing is early in the draft here, there was buzz that Mirishnishenko could be a top 10 pick. And then he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in February. His draft sock fell. And good on Ross Mahoney uh, with the Capitals for kind of finding a diamond in the rough, if you will, because he was poised to be higher in the draft. But as it turns out, they looked at his medicals and everything, you know, turned out okay. Uh, Do you Mm -hmm. think that the Capitals ultimately did get that diamond in the rough? It's a bit early to tell. Now, I did have some concerns on Marashachenko that saw him fall before any of this uh, happened with the Hodgkin's lymphoma and, and, and the recovery with that. Um, I still do have some concerns with the hockey sense. Sometimes he hangs on to pucks a little too often. Sometimes he's, he speeds plays up when he should be slowing them down. Just finding that, that kind of soft spot, that middle ground, that gray area that lets him navigate the play a bit better is one thing I'd like to see him work on before I kind of diagnose this as a uh, diamond in the rough as a high-end prospect that was uh, found in later rounds but the skill set's definitely there everything puck skills wise is really impressive everything in terms of um, his physical play his defensive game improving he's on the right track so if the hockey sense can come a couple steps up we're talking about a diamond in the rough for sure And uh, one of the lucky things for the Capitals, I guess I could say, is that he was able to break his contract with the KHL. So we might be able to see him sooner than later. So the number two prospect for me, and according to a lot of different places, and I'll want to hear your thoughts, are on Connor McMichael, um, Mm -hmm. a player that uh, saw some action last season, was a healthy scratch for quite a while, but then really found his way down in Hershey in 57 games, 16 goals, 23 assists in the regular season, not to mention what he's done in the push for the Calder Cup. Talk to me a little bit on your thoughts on Connor McMichael for me. He is a polarizing player. Uh, if I bring him up, people, you know, when is his opportunity? He really needs his opportunity. And some of that, I think, was the reluctance of the head coach to want to play younger players. For you, yeah. is Connor McMichael poised to be that next great player? Yeah, I mean, I've I've re- I really like Connor McMichael in this draft here. I really like the the hockey sense base and the intensity base that he always brought to the game. Um, very smart, really good at anticipating play, getting ahead of plays both offensively and defensively. Um, he's a really good rush defender as well. Clogs up the neutral zone extremely well, and he has this habit of channeling players, uh, opposing players into um, danger essentially. So he'll act a bit like a shepherd in the middle of the ice. Uh, if a defender's trying to gain or a force trying to gain the offensive zone in transition, he'll angle them towards one of his defenders to make sure that they have as little space to work with as possible and that they're forced into doing something they don't want to do, which is a big thing that I look at with, uh, with centers is how good are they at controlling play off the puck and on the puck. And Mike, Mike Michael certainly does that. Now, it might be a bit of a wall for his physical skills to catch up to his mental skills. Um, but I'm convinced that McMichael has a future in the top six. I really like the skill set and I like the high end hockey sense and intensity he brings to the game. I think a lot of Capitals fans will appreciate you saying that he's going to be in the top six at some point because uh, there's just been some reluctance with the, the Capitals coaches, uh, with Peter Laviolette. But now they have Spencer Carberry, who's not opposed, I guess I would say, to working with the young players. Uh, off yeah. the top there, we um, did mention Hendricks Lop here. It was a bit of a bumpier ride for him down in Hershey this season, but ultimately another player. Uh, that I think is, you know, ready for bigger things. At some point, I don't think that next season is necessarily going to 
be the season ranked as high as 10th overall by Craig Button in his draft. Your injuries limited him to just 19 games, the nature of his injury, another concussion. Um, and one of the guys I think that ultimately might just have to work on his game down in Hershey a little bit more. Hendricks Lop here. Uh, in 16 games, 15 goals, and 15 assists. So what are your thoughts on him? I know that you said that you like him as a player. It, how far away, in your opinion, is he from being ready for the big team, the Capitals? Full-time, I'd say it might be two years, possibly three, before we see him kind of make a full-time impact on the Caps. But the skill set is there, and he's another of these very, very intent, intelligent, very crafty, and very intense players um, those are kind of that's kind of the trifecta I look for in prospects when I'm when I'm scouting them is um, smart skill and intensity. If you have all three of those things, more often than not, you'll succeed at an NHL level. And Lapierre has that in spades. I mean, he works hard, uh, but doesn't overwork himself. Doesn't try to overcommit and and make mistakes. Uh, very controlled in his in his demeanor on the ice, um, and very very intelligent with the puck. One of the best playmakers I've seen come out of the uh, of the QMJHL really solid in terms of just the arsenal of passes he can pull off backhand passes slip passes area passes everything he's is within is within his reach so i really like what he brings to the game he's added some goal scoring elements as well his goal scoring was a bit more of a concern for me i wasn't sure if he'd be able to reach 20 in the nhl um but he's kind of proved me wrong as he went on especially uh last year with in the ahl with uh with hershey he's he's been quite impressive in his ability to find soft ice and get uh, get shots off from from decent areas so the progression on him is really good. I still think that there are some areas I need to improve, mainly and specifically his his defensive involvement. Sometimes he'll turn it off for a bit, um, kind of wait for a turnover and try to blast up the ice as soon as he can. And as a center, he can't really have that. So, you know, worst case, you shift him to the wing and see what happens. But I love the intelligence on him and the intensity he brings as well. Yeah, another player that a lot of Caps fans are waiting. When is it going to be his year? When is it going to be his year? Uh, talking yeah. to you, it looks like a couple years out here, but I think that bright days uh, lie ahead here. All right, coming up here, we are going to talk about the Capitals at the draft. What options are available to them and who will they ultimately pick? We'll talk about that straight ahead. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part fits the right the first time. Uh, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow to Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, like today with Haiti Kalakash. Not to mention, I will have John Walton at some point here whenever the uh, Calder Cup wraps up here. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about draft options for the Capitals. They have the eighth pick overall, and I'm hearing all different kinds of things about what player they should pick, but I'm hearing more and more about a connection with Metfei Mishkov, number eight. 
I, I don't know if he'll be available at number eight. Do you think the Capitals should attempt to try to uh, trade up and get him? Or do you think there is a better fit in the draft? Well, the thing is, I'd, I'd be very surprised if there's a better fit. Um, now, if the option is available and it doesn't cost too much, sure, a, a trade into the top four should do it. Um, but I'm not entirely sold on the idea of trading up just based on who could drop down. Um, there was a guy I really like who um, the Caps picked in our Locked On NHL mock draft, um, mm. Zach Benson. Mm-hmm. Zach Benson is he's fifth on my personal rankings, and I can talk about him all day. He is the two-way forward of this class um, on, on top of having some of the best playmaking in this year's draft. Um, really solid in transition, one of the smartest players in the class, high-end intensity. The main knock on him is the lack of foot speed and the lack of size. Um, which could mean maybe a year or two more of development, but I truly and strongly believe in Benson's top line upside. So Mishkov is a great, great player. Don't get me wrong. He's up there with Bedard in terms of goal scoring. Um, and I really like the fit with the Caps as well. I think that'd be great, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade up in order to get him. If he drops down, you run to the stage and you get him, but I wouldn't necessarily trade down in order to get uh, trade up in order to get them simply because like I mentioned, some really, really good players could drop. Um, and even if it's not one of them reaching for a defender, there might be some really good guys in there. Um, and uh, defenders might be one of the things that the caps need at this point might look at. So a guy like Dmitry Simashev, like Axel Sandin Pelika, like maybe even David Reinbacher as high as eight, you know, there are a lot of options and a lot of different value picks that trading up in this year for the caps. I wouldn't see it happen. Yeah, and that's just one of the things. I think that people are automatically trying to draw that connection because he's a Russian player, and there are, I would say the Capitals are a Russian-friendly team, obviously Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, Samsonov over the years, that kind of thing. So I think that is the connection there. So being that you deal with prospects and that kind of different thing, the buzz out there, this emanates from the 32 Thoughts podcast, Mm -hmm. is that Mishkov is a bit elusive. He doesn't really want to do interviews. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. people are saying that he's doing that on purpose because he ultimately knows where he wants to land read into this a little bit for me for what does that mean uh, what do you think that's all about um in a word nothing um it's just that mishkov is is difficult to find right now because he's in dubai um vacationing oh, that's interesting uh, that, they don't talk about that in the story <laughs> yep no exactly it's not that big of an issue and he's literally got interviews set up now at at the draft in nashville before the draft with teams so it wasn't this sort of elusiveness, but much more of an, an idea of, you know, let me enjoy my vacation, then we'll get to the business, right? And I think we can all relate to that. Um, I think a lot of the issues and concerns with Mishkov were overblown. Um, I think Russia has bigger fish to fry than Matvey Mishkov, as good as a player he's, as he is. But, you know, it's just, it astounds me that people think that the Russian government would actually do something to keep him in Russia. Like, no, they've they've got political stuff to handle. They don't have time for one Russian player. Um, it The... the the craze of the USSR in the 80s and all that, that's a long time ago. Yes, it is a, a, a pretty rough regime over there, but I don't think they, they pull that hard for one guy. So, And Mishkov has made it very clear that he wants to be in the NHL. So that's already out of, out of the question in terms of concerns. He's made it very clear multiple times his dream is to play in the NHL and that he'll do everything in order to be an NHLer. So the only concern is his contract right now because his contract expires in 2025-26 uh in the khl and he could even extend past that we've seen that happen with kirill kaprizov and other prospects like that so it's not out of the question that he comes over when he's 25 26 27 are you willing to wait that long is the question 
if you're able to get a, a Matvey Michkov on a Ligman contract for three years at, in his prime, I'm laughing if I'm the Caps and I'm, and I'm you know building up to be a contender to get a potentially franchise player on a three-year Ligman league, contract in, the, in his prime years. You're laughing if you get that. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what I talked about on my show as well, is if the Capitals have to wait a few years for a player that they're saying he's the best guy to come out of Russia since Ovechkin and Melkin, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wait on him. And, you know, despite, and, you know, I think a lot of it is, is Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman kind of like to spin it a little bit, but, you know, I think Friedman is just dealing with what he talks about from different NHL teams saying, we're trying to set up interviews and he won't return our calls. Now that you add that insight, things make a lot more sense. See, this is why uh, it's great. Great to have you on the show, not just this reason, but Zachary Benson. And you were talking about uh, the upcoming draft by Locked On Capitals. I do think that ultimately he uh, could be a good fit. Uh, again, if he is available, that is always the difficult thing. Um, and one of the things I was reading here, too, is only Bedard has more points over the past three years among U18 WHLers. Uh, yep. Bedard, obviously... He's going to Chicago. We know that. But if the Capitals could get lucky enough to get someone that almost rivals Bedard, um, I think that that would be a pretty good option, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. For me, it's it's just a matter of the, the only thing with that stat is I would I would add that very few um, very few prospects play in the WHL in their 16 year old season. So that could be a bit misleading. But Benson is up there in terms of skill set. Absolutely, he is. Um, like I mentioned, I don't think there's a more intense and better defensively uh, player in this draft. Uh, so to get that at, at eighth overall would be fantastic. Like I mentioned, I have him eighth overall, and obviously the top 10 is stacked this year with a lot of talent. There are other options, but for me, if you get Benson at eighth, you're laughing. I, I mentioned it um, in our in our reactions to, uh, to each pick that are going to be coming out soon, but this was my favorite pick of the top 10, uh, Zach Benson to Washington. It's a great fit. He's a great player. Um, has high end upside and could complement the guys that are on the team already very, very well. So, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what goes down. But if I'm the Caps, I'm picking Benson at eight for sure if Mishkov is gone. All right, here. So, to wrap up the segment, we're going to go over some of the big names. So, we already know Bedard. He's going to Chicago. Unless they're just totally crazy, that's where he's going. Where do you see Adam Fantilli going? Uh, what team will he land on? If he doesn't go to Anaheim, it's a travesty, if I'm honest. He is the second best prospect in, in this class, and it's not really close. Um, I'd say that Mishkov is in that tier with him, so I wouldn't be too much against having them pick Mishkov because he's got the skill set, but Fantilli has everything you want out of a center, and he has a floor as a second-line center. That's the worst case you're getting out of Fantilli. So he has the potential to be in that kind of Austin Matthews, uh, Steven Stamkos type of tier of player. Um, where he's not a, an elite generational prospect, but um, he has the potential to become a regular 90, 100 point player. Um, and if you can get that at second overall, you're laughing, right? This is, this is the type of year where the entire top six, top seven would have gone first overall last year. Uh, it's that type of draft. So there's a lot of value, but for me, Fantilli has really stood out as the second best prospect in this draft. So then taking a look here, how about Leo Carlson? Where do you see him going? I, I would say he's a great fit with Columbus at third. Um, and uh, he's fourth overall in my rankings after uh, Bedard Fantilli and Mishkov. Um, but he's pretty close to that tier of Fantilli and Mishkov because you kind of get the same thing with him as you get with Fantilli, where you've got a minimum second line center uh, with the potential to work up and become a first line center and a regular one. 
Um, I'd say that Fantilli has the edge on him and is in a different tier, mainly because Fantilli's forechecking is unmatched on top of having an elite skill set, an elite shot, great playmaking, amazing hands. Um, Carlson doesn't have the same level of shot, but his playmaking is high end. It's on par with Fantilli's. Um, so mainly what you're getting out of Carlson is a transitional monster who's going to be drawing the middle, uh, who's going to be passing off to your to your wingers and getting them each 30 goals a year. He's that type of player. He's really strong and, and, and really good in transition. So just to, in conclusion here, the Capitals, if they're lucky, Benson, and if not, or Mishkov, that would be a two good uh, matches for this team in your estimation. 100%. Absolutely. Both are in my top five. So at eight, that's great value. All right, Caps fans, you heard it here first, and you also heard it here first when it comes to Mishkov. He's not being elusive. He's just on vacation. Give the guy a break at the end of the day. <laughs> All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the youth on the Capitals and how have they produced so far. We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode, we have Haiti Kalakash of NHL Prospects and Dauber Prospects, a big name, suffices to say, in this realm, and we're really lucky to have him on the show. So let's take a look at the youth. One of the things that we've heard about the Capitals is they're an old team. They need to get younger. They need to get faster. And we've seen glimpses of it. We saw Alexi Protus. We saw Martin Faravari. Beck Malenstein is also a big name in there, including Hunter Shepard, who was number two in the AHL last season. Talk to me about the youth. Um, and just as you know, you cover prospects, when you take a look at the Capitals, what would you fix about the youth and what players should they insert into the lineup to give them that youth infusion that they're looking for? I think getting McMichael and, and Lapierre in there as soon as possible would be a fantastic idea in order to just accept the fact that your core is aging and that there, it's time for a renewal. It's time for the, 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 the new growth to come in. Um, I think that giving a spot, a permanent spot to McMichael and Lapierre would be great. Even if Lapierre struggles for a year or two, at least making him part of the identity, making him part of the new core would be great. Um, from what I've watched from Joe Snively, he's, an undersized but very feisty player who's able to, um, you know, draw chances in the offensive zone regularly. He's able to connect plays really well. So he's one guy I would keep as part of a rotational kind of cast of wingers for those two guys. Um, and Alexei Protas, of course, brings size, strength, uh, and a bit of skill to the lineup. Um, but he's, he isn't one guy that I would kind of shoe in there as a regular. Um, he, he's a moving part for me uh, personally, but the main two guys that I would start building around would be McMichael and Lapierre. It's about time they got their chance to to make this team theirs. And especially with the talent that's going to be added this year at eighth overall, whether it's a forward or a defenseman, you're getting great value. And it's it's kind of it's time to accept the uh, the incoming kind of semi-rebuild in between in between two primes for a team, right? A lot of competing teams get that. You got your cup in 2018, then the core starts to age, um, you know, new growth comes in, and then that new core builds up slowly but surely. Um, I think it's good to have them play this year. Uh, it was good to have them play this year in Hershey just to kind of build um, chemistry and an identity together in the AHL, kind of like the Leafs did in 2015, uh, 16, 17-ish with, uh, um, with Mitch Marner and William Nylander and a lot of their young core players playing a whole year in the AHL, winning a Calder Cup, and then making their step up all together. I think that's a great idea. Um, but yeah, for me, you build around McMichael and Lapierre as your core and kind of work outwards beyond that and add some skill in the first, second, third round as the years go on. 
And that's kind of the prognostic I have for the Capitals right now. And I think it's a good idea right now to, to get that started. And I think that there needs to be some patience that it's not necessarily going to be results overnight. And I think yeah. part of the problem with the Capitals is there's this window that's closing. It's the Ovechkin era, right? He's got three years left on his deal. And then I think you're going to start to see whole, wholesale changes. But mm -hmm. this team can't tank until then. So I think mm -hmm. that this slow integration of youth is, gonna, is going to help the Capitals. Yeah. They also made a really big acquisition at the trade deadline by picking up Rasmus Sandin on the blue mm -hmm. line. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on Rasmus Sandin. What's your outlook? Is he as good as he appears on paper? It's He's a difficult read because he's had seasons where you looked at him and you're like, man, that's a top four defender in the making. Um, but he's he's very inconsistent in terms of both his effort level and his output. Um, so it's kind of a caution thing with him. And if you're able to, as a team, bring out the best in him and make sure that he's giving he's giving you the best that he can on a regular basis and just making him more reliable in terms of knowing what he's going to give you on the game by game, sorry, game by game basis. You've got a great value in Sandine. He's a great puck mover, really solid in transition, um, very physical when he needs to be. He's able to drop the shoulder, throw a hit or two, uh, really fits that blue line on the caps really well and the identity that's been built over the years. So um, this does kind of strike me as a move where it, it's like you said, it's not a full tank job. It's full on mm -hmm. just, just extending the core a tiny bit, uh, extending the window. Um, but the issue with me and my big concern with the Caps is what usually happens when you try to put your hand in a closing window is you get your hand slammed. Right. So that's that's what I'm worried about. And, you know, that's one thing that led to, you know, so far a couple of years of mediocrity in, in Vancouver. Um, for the longest time in Montreal, same thing. After they won the Cup in 93, it was a good 20 years of just not having a 40-goal scorer, not having uh, an 80-plus point player, and just being kind of average every year, barely scraping in the playoffs, and then um, that kind of thing, right? So it's just about striking that balance. I feel like Sandine's still a good add based on what he brings, and best, based especially on what was what was traded in return. Um, for me, he, he gives the McMichaels and Lapierres um, someone to work with from the old from the old core, right? You know, mm -hmm. he's still going to play a couple more years with Ovechkin. He's still going to play a couple more years with the Kuznetsovs and, and et cetera. So it's a good chance for Sandine to bring a bit more culture to the even younger guys that are going to be coming up. Yeah, and I was excited about it because they talked about the blue line in this aging core. You have John Carlson, who is a steady piece there. You have Martin Faravari, Alex Alexiev, another bright piece on the team as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, you know, these players that are kind of stewing down in Hershey, and I don't know if they're ever going to live up to potential. Mm -hmm. Lucas Johansson is one of those guys uh, mm -hmm. that we hear spoke of for many years. It just never seems to be his season. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about your thoughts on Lucas Johansson. Does he have a future? on this team in your estimation well unfortunately i haven't really watched much of uh johansson in order to be able to make myself kind of a full decision of him um but you know from what i remember in his draft year he was um a decent at transitioning the puck um decent enough in multiple areas that you would be able to see him kind of have an impact later on in his life um but as he stands right now i think it's a bit too early in order to kind of have him pegged in as a um full-term kind of person in the lineup now i do like uh, the transition ability, and I especially like uh, the physical elements that he brings on occasions. But it's, it's all about bringing up that consistency. Um, he's the type of guy who's been in the in the system for a very long time, um, and I really liked his Kelowna days. That was when I was really just starting to scout. Um, so that's pretty much the last I've watched of him. I watched a bit of him last year in in, in Hershey, but 
really not enough in order to make myself a full impression. But he's the type of guy who I feel is going to take a tiny bit longer in order to be kind of a full-time element of his game. But unfortunately, I didn't catch many Capitals games this year, so I can't speak to what his projectability of the NHL looks like so far. Um, so, yeah. All right, Tahiti. I want to thank you for joining us on this uh, edition of Locked On Capitals, an absolute wealth when it comes to prospects in the draft. Why don't you mm-hmm. tell everyone where we can find your work? Absolutely. So um, the one-stop shop for me is uh, my Twitter. It's K underscore scouting. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right below my face there. Uh, if you're watching on Spotify, just look me up on Twitter, K underscore scouting, and you'll be able to find uh, everything I do podcasts, uh, articles, all that. I post it all there. Uh, and the podcast here that uh, that I work on is Locked On NHL Prospects. You can find that everywhere. You can find this podcast. And uh, you can also find it at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Locked On NHL, um, sorry, L-O rather, NHL Prospects. Um, L-O underscore NHL Prospects is where we find the podcast. All our episodes are uploaded there, both on YouTube and Spotify and SiriusXM now and all that stuff. So yeah, multiple places you can find me, but Twitter is where you find it all. All right. Thanks again for joining us on this show. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Are you a fan of other D.C. sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. There's Locked On Nationals, Commanders, and Wizards. So no matter what major sport there is in D.C., Locked On has got you covered. All right. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.